What's up, my friends? JT DeBolt with you today for the True Driven Podcast, the home of the few, the true, the driven. Those amazing people we call the True Driven, and I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble, thank you for joining me here, as always, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. If you're on Apple Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, make sure you subscribe there and leave us a review. I'd love to get some feedback from you guys. The more reach we can get, the more people we can help. And of course, on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see that little green True Driven logo. You can hover over that at any time and subscribe, and that'll keep you in the know and help you be the first to know when I bring you new content each and every single week, whether that's here on the True Driven Podcast or with the weekly Momentum Shift or the other shows that we have on YouTube. Today, we're talking about one of the most important skills that you can have as a leader, a skill that when you understand this and leverage it, will create more income for you, I promise. Whether that's increasing the income you have in your current uh, paycheck, or whether that's helping you become better at negotiating contracts for yourself and for the people you lead, doesn't matter. If you're in real estate, if you are in financial services, if you are an entrepreneur building your own brand, this one skill is going to help you be a better influencer and a better communicator. I say this because more and more in today's society, we're starting to see this one skill diminish. And it's a skill kind of like a muscle that the more you use it, the stronger and the more robust it becomes. But the less you use it, the faster it deteriorates, the faster it starts to shrink And the problem with this is that the less we have this in today's society, the less we have it in our own lives, the more chaotic and crazy things get. Just look around at how things are going right now. And let me ask you, do you find that people are starting to slow down and think through things with logic or are they more emotionally reactive? There's a difference between react and respond. I talk about this in my book, Flight Plan to Success. React versus respond. Reaction is that emotional kind of knee-jerk twitch reaction to an outside stimuli. So think about like if you're walking around in a dark house. Maybe your friend goes, hey, dude, look, there's that haunted house. Let's go in. That old decrepit, uh, you know, abandoned house. So you go in the house and you're creeping around. You can hear the floors creaking and all that kind of stuff. And it's dark. And then all of a sudden you feel something grab you on the shoulder. Likely in a situation like that, when you are, you know, supercharged up and you're, uh, all your senses are alive, you're in that kind of fight or flight mode, you're not going to stop and go, well, gee, let's see, there's pressure on my left shoulder. I wonder what that could be. You don't go into that kind of thought process. Your first reaction is just that. It's an emotional reaction. Your body's going to flinch. You're either going to run or you're going to turn and fight the thing that just grabbed you, right? Very rarely in a situation like that do you respond. It's more of a reaction, so that emotional reaction to that outside stimuli. And that's the way a lot of people operate these days. We need that reaction type of process in ourselves to stay alive, to stay safe. But for the most part, we're not under physical attack. We're not in a lot of danger, which means that that reaction is inappropriate. And if you're trying to build a great life and pursue a life of excellence, if you're a leader, which you should be by being here on the True Driven Podcast, If you're here to become a better version of yourself, you can't live in a reactive situation. 
You can't have that reactive process being the normal way, your normal daily method of operation for, for running your life, your business, your career. It's just going to prevent you from going to that next level if you're reactive and if you're living from a place of emotion, emotional reactivity. It requires you to have a set of skills to pull back from the pure emotion and increase your ability to bring some logic and some thinking to it. Albert Einstein once said, thinking is hard. That's the reason so few people do it or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but thinking is so hard that few people actually do it is a pretty succinct way of talking about thinking. But today in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you five ways that you can become a much more critical thinker. Critical thinking is a discipline in a way of approaching problem solving. At its core, that's really what we do. In fact, as leaders, that is really our role in life is to be a guide and to be a problem solver, a solution provider. Now, not always do we have to provide the solution, meaning I don't mean you have to walk around with a shopping cart full of solutions and just start handing them out to people. That's not real great leadership. It's a great way to keep people sort of entitled, of course, but it doesn't empower them. It's a very different sort of, you know, way of showing up. As a leader, if you show up as a solution provider, it doesn't mean you're always handing out the solution. What it is, is giving people a way to think differently. And if you are a critical thinker and you can help others to think critically, you will not just uh, create a better person or a stronger person, you'll create a more empowered person as opposed to an entitled brat. And I say this because, guys, I'll just be completely honest with you. I'm very, very concerned about the, the trajectory that society has taken. This whole idea that we want to be uh, cautious and sensitive to every single person and not offend other people has created a society, an almost generational uh, behavior of not just entitlement, but the lack of a basic skill to be able to create and create pro- solutions and solve problems. That, that to me is a huge concern. And if it's not a concern for you, I think it's time to wake up. But I think you wouldn't be on this podcast if it wasn't a concern. You're probably seeking solutions. And we're going to talk about that. Before we do, what is critical thinking? What is critical thinking not? Critical thinking at its core is the ability to assess and evaluate information. To be able to pull the data and say, what about this makes sense? And how does this apply to me? How does this apply to my current situation? The ability to not just take something at face value. That's the difference between critical thinking and either not thinking at all or just sort of blindly going about things and receiving information. Critical thinking is hard work. Critical thinking does require us to slow down. But here's the cool part. It doesn't mean that you come to a dead stop. And this doesn't mean that it has to become harder to get through the day. The other thing critical thinking is, is a, is a skill set for a problem solving. And I've kind of alluded to this up to this point in the podcast is the whole point of you being a critical thinker is the ability to find a solution even amongst a situation that feels unwinnable, insurmountable. You might look at something and go, man, there's just no way out of this. But if you approach it and say, I'm going to find a way, you've already opened up the problem solving mechanism inside your brain and you've begun to think critically. 
And by the time we get through today's podcast, these five things that you're going to apply are going to help you be just naturally better at critical thinking where it won't be such hard work. And the more you utilize this, the more you practice it on a daily basis, the more natural and innate it will become. You not only will become a better problem solver through critical thinking, but you'll become a better leader. You'll actually, I believe, have a much more fulfilling, possibly even happier life. It will definitely help you increase your income because you'll start to see opportunities that didn't, you know, weren't there before. You'll be able to think differently about the barriers that are holding you back from success, whatever that means to you. And you'll start to attain those results faster and more efficiently because you're thinking about the problem differently. <laughs> In fact, if you guys ever saw the, the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, you'll remember Captain Jack Sparrow has got a famous saying. It's, it's hilarious, but it's true. It's actually pretty deep. Is The problem is not the problem. The problem is your problem with the problem. And if you think about that, as wordy and as silly as it might sound, there is a great deal of wisdom behind it. Because the world sees problems entrepreneurs and leaders see opportunities. That's the difference between somebody going through life hoping and somebody pursuing excellence and creating. Big fucking difference is the ability to be a critical thinker, to not be emotionally reactive to the things around us, the things that are said, the things that we perceive, the things that actually physically interface with us, and to be more mentally responsive through critical thinking. One thing critical thinking is not, though, is criticism. It's not cynicism. It's not this closed off, dark, negative, pessimistic approach. You might have a sense of being a critic in the sense that you're slowing down to ask a lot of questions. Critical thinking means that you have a mind and, a, and an eye for detail. And that you're simply seeking out the information, which to the outside world that wants you to appease them and to do their bidding, they may take it as somewhat offensive. But again, remember what I've said to you guys in the past. You can't actually offend anybody. Being offended is a personal choice. Being offended is you're surrendering your, your freedom. You're surrendering your power to something or someone else. That's what being offended is. You don't have that power over anybody else, so make sure you're not surrendering that power to anybody, right? And the whole idea is if you're thinking critically, you'll never be offended, period, end of story. And if somebody goes, well, you offended me, you won't allow that to slow you down. You'll still have empathy. You won't be some you know, unfeeling creep, but the most important part is you'll be able to not let, allow that to slow you down. The other part about it is when you do get criticism, you'll be able to receive it and have and be able to make use of it because you're thinking critically. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk about this. How do we become better critical thinkers? One of the biggest hindrances to forward progress in society is being closed off. We are the only species on the planet that can formulate an opinion. Not only formulate an opinion, but hold on to that opinion as if it's a part of our identity. You have to realize that a lot of times the thoughts we are thinking are generated from the belief systems that we hold. And the reason those thoughts become so intense and 
anytime we hear information that goes against a thought that attacks a belief, we almost take it personal. It's the ego defending itself. And that's what's going on so much in society these days. We're becoming more and more polarized, more and more separated because of this idea that if somebody has a different opinion of yours or thinks differently than you do or believes differently than you do, somehow you are under attack. It literally activates the limbic part of your brain that causes you to feel like you are in some sort of an attack. It puts you into a fight or flight mode. That's not effective if you're a leader. It's really not effective if you just want to have a semi-happy life. If you want to live with some joy and some balance, the whole idea is not to just be always emotionally reactive. We have to be able to stop and go, does this make sense? Which causes us to address one of the biggest poisons in society, and that poison is certainty. You're sold certainty. There's a lot of motivational gurus out there that have multi-thousand dollar courses on certainty. They even call their courses certainty or have that name in it. They're trying to drill home to you that you need to be certain. The problem with certainty and the danger behind it when it comes to living a fulfilled life, a life of personal excellence, is that certainty is a stuck state. Certainty means it is only this way. It's black and white. There is no other option. I am certain that this is right. I am certain that my way of thinking is the way. I am certain that this is the answer. The minute you do that, you literally put yourself in a cage, slam the door, and lock the padlock. You have imprisoned yourself into one compartment of thinking, one compartment of way of behaving and and believing. Simply because you're saying it has got to be this way. A lot of people who live with rules, they think it has to be this way. It has to be right or wrong. That's it. I see this sometimes with entrepreneurs that they'll, they'll say to me, just tell me how to do it. How to do what? How to build your business? I can't tell you that because your way of building a business is going to be different than the next person and the person next to them. Simply because of your experience, your background, the things you've gone through, the things you haven't gone through, your ability to understand and process information. So when somebody has that, that high degree of certainty that has to be a certain way, that has to be their way, or else they've closed themselves off to the other possibilities. Certainty kills. Now, we have to have a degree of certainty. Obviously, you want to make sure the roof above your head is not going to come crashing down or the floor underneath you isn't going to cave in. Obviously. There is a degree of certainty that we require in order to have the capacity to mentally move forward, to have the the mental resources available to progress forward. So we need a degree of certainty. I'm not going to argue that. But the addiction to certainty, where our ego gets into play, that's very different than the certainty of safety or the certainty of knowing, okay, everything's relatively cool. I don't have to focus on this and become neurotic about my surroundings and my environment. Being a leader means that you have the ability to suspend certainty, the addiction to certainty, the ability to say, you know what? Maybe I don't know all the answers. Maybe I don't have this thing all figured out. No matter how much experience, no matter how much expertise you might have, it is totally possible you don't have all of the information. I want you to just imagine for a moment that you actually don't have all of the facts. 
You don't have all of the experience. You don't have all of the perspectives. Now, I'm saying this to you and you're like, well, of course, that makes total sense. But imagine in the day-to-day thing, the day-to-day pursuit of your mission that you're on as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as an executive, whatever your role might be, how much do you actually suspend that notion that you have it all figured out? Maybe you put so much pressure on yourself, you know you don't have it all figured out, but you think you have to. That's one of those things where we're talking about this addiction to certainty. Well, I have to have it all figured out, or at least I have to have people think I have it all figured out. I got all my shit figured out. I got my shit together. How many people right now um, are expecting you to have that, that level of certainty? Guess what? That is not actually accurate. You might want to challenge that for yourself. People aren't requiring you to have it all figured out all the time. You're a human being. You're not a machine. So the idea behind being addicted to certainty is keeping you from thinking critically because you're closing your mind off to other possibilities. You're not asking that deeper question. So I want you to test something right now to figure out the degree of certainty that you may or may not be operating under. I want you to think about a problem or a challenge that you're confronted with right now. Maybe it's something that's confounded you for a long time. Maybe it's like you want to increase your revenue, for instance, or maybe you've got somebody on your team that's not following through. They're not doing the stuff that you want them to do. You're frustrated by something. could be something going on in your personal life, a relationship. I want you to just think about what that challenge is. Now, I want you to imagine that somebody comes up to you and whispers in your ear, you've been lied to. You've been lied to. Now think about it for a second. Where were you lied to? Who lied to you? And what did they lie to you about? We don't know. Just that struggle you may have felt just now mentally, asking those questions, what do you mean I was lied to? Just that right alone is you grasping for that certainty. And that's okay. It's a natural response to that. But instead of grasping for the certainty, I would like you to release the need to be right, the need to know the answer right now, the need to always have your shit together. Shit, I've been lied to. That sucks. In that moment is your opportunity to grasp onto something more powerful than certainty, way more powerful than certainty. In fact, it's so powerful, it might be the answer to turning around society. That's how powerful it is. And I'm going to share that with you in a moment, but I want you to think about this. In that moment where you're like, maybe, you know, I've been lied to, the question that you might want to ask yourself is, what if I'm wrong? What if my idea or my understanding about this situation is off? What if what I understand is not actually accurate or true? This is going to be hard because a lot of times we think to ourselves, I have this thing. I'm pretty, I know this stuff pretty well. I know my role. I know my job. I know my business. I know it pretty well. But if you're not getting where you want to go with it, if it's stuck, if it's not hitting your expectations, if you feel frustrated by it, the question that you might want to challenge yourself with is, what if I'm wrong? Or what if I don't know the full picture? Now, Saying, I don't know, or what if I don't know, what if I'm wrong, is not meant to make you out to be wrong. It's not even meant to make you out to be bad or inefficient or deficient. It's actually meant 
to open up an entirely different way of being. And this is what I was talking about before. One of the most powerful ways we can transform the world right now is not through certainty. It's through curiosity. So the first part of becoming a more critical thinker, a better critical thinker, is to suspend certainty. Number two is to start generating more curiosity, getting more curious, asking better questions. And here's the interesting part about this. When we get curious, we take on a whole new level of performance mentally. We drop and suspend all of the bullshit baggage. I should know. I do know. And instead, we're opening ourselves up to new and different information. We're not only suspending our curiosity, but we're giving ourselves the, the moment and the opportunity in that moment to have the imagination create new and different solutions because we're open to new and different information. So how do we do this? How do we come, become more curious? First thing you can just tell yourself is, all right, I am seeking and open to new and different information. I'm open. Bring it at me. Whatever you got. I feel pretty confident that I know what I'm doing. I feel pretty confident that I have the big picture, but maybe I don't have the entire picture. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's a critical piece of information that I overlooked, stepped on, didn't necessarily detect, and now I'm open to receiving it. Just saying that drops your defenses. Just saying that opens your eyes, opens your mind, opens your heart to other possibilities. And as a leader, that's what we need more of. We don't need more bravado. We don't need more manufactured confidence. We don't need more bullshit, egotistical, you know, kind of showing up and acting like we own the world. We got this. If you do got this, you'll know. And so will the people following you. It'll be authentic and real. And you get there faster by becoming more curious, telling yourself making a commitment to yourself, a promise to yourself that you are actually open to new and different information. Now, up to this point, we've talked about how becoming a better critical thinker means we have to suspend certainty and we have to create more curiosity. We create more curiosity through a very important mechanism called questions. And I don't mean to be silly here, but we ask better questions and we ask more of those better questions, we start to get more and better information. A lot of times I think people get this concern. I've had this said to me many times by people. Well, if I ask questions, am I going to look dumb? If I ask questions, am I going to look inept? If I ask questions, am I going to look unqualified? Am I going to look like I don't know what I'm doing or saying or thinking? Or maybe I am acting like I shouldn't even be here by asking questions. Far from it. One of the most important behaviors you can have, and you've probably heard a lot of people talk about this, one of the most important things you can do is to not be the smartest person in the room. Maybe you are, maybe you're not, but if you are acting as if you are the smartest person in the room, you are already handicapping yourself. You're already tying a big noose around your leg and, and tying the other end to a stake and basically saying, this is as far as you're ever going to go. <laughs> you're going to run bam, and then come to the end of that chain and you're going to trip, fall on your face and it's going to continue. When you think you are the smartest person in the room or more importantly, think you have to be, you stop asking questions. You arrest and suspend that ability to get curious, which means critical thinking has stopped, which means your forward progress is completely done. So asking better questions is actually what's going to help you. 
The inventor of Visa, the great D. Hawk, once said that certainty is where questions go to die. That's a pretty powerful question, or a pretty powerful statement, rather. Certainty is where questions go to die, which means that if we're going to conquer certainty, we have to counter it with better questions. There's all kinds of questions you can ask yourself. One of the most powerful questions I challenge people with is, what's the question I'm not asking right now? If you're sitting there and you're stuck on a problem and you can't find your way out and there's no other resources and you're kind of left to your own devices, the very first question I would challenge you to ask if you're completely stuck and you have no ideas is, what question am I not asking? What question am I not asking? Especially if you are in a room with other people, especially if you are the leader and you've got people around you that could potentially be a resource for you and the team, but you don't want to look stupid. What question am I not asking right now? Ask that of yourself and see what comes up. Instantly, you have put yourself into a state of curiosity. Instantly, you are a better, more effective leader just simply because you got out of that rut of certainty and you are now in a place of curiosity. But it goes even beyond that. What question might I need to ask? What am I not seeing? That's a question I love to ask is, what am I not seeing right now? What am I pretending not to see? What am I not allowing myself to receive? What am I closed off to? These are difficult questions, my friends. And the reason they're difficult is because it calls into that notion and that almost fear-based trigger of I'm not enough. I should know. If I did know, I wouldn't be here. We start filling in all of this deep self-judgment. We beat the living shit out of ourselves for no reason. Doing that, by the way, does not move the ball forward. It doesn't advance the objective and it doesn't accomplish the mission. Asking deeper, better questions is going to help not just manifest more curiosity, but actually open the door to better solutions through the answers, if not at least the discussion around those questions to bring the answers to the questions. But we have to be, able to be willing to ask the question. We have to be willing to suspend our addiction to certainty and our, and our addiction to being right to be able to say, I don't have the answers right now. So what might I need to do? I'm going to ask some questions. Before I was talking to you about D. Hawk, he said certainty is where questions go to die. Personally, I believe questions are the breath of life for solutions. That's it. The more questions we ask, we're literally breathing life, almost like CPR, mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, into an opportunity. We're bringing back to life the opportunities, the solutions to the challenges we're facing. And that's what we do as leaders. That is our entire point of being on the planet Earth, is to create opportunities. Those opportunities come from attacking challenges that most people call problems. They're like, I don't want to deal with this. It's too hard. I want to go back to my medicated life. I want to go back to just being, you know, sort of entertained and subdued. Is that how you really want to live your life? I know you don't. And neither do the people that you're leading. They may be scared. They may be un, unaware of the solutions. They may be apprehensive to even go down that path of discovering new things. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We have got to get away from being surface level thinkers and become deep thought voyagers. That deep thought voyage happens through asking those questions. 
the questions happen from us suspending that need to be right. That's suspending that right, that, that need to be uh, certain. Now, the fourth step to this is to seek the truth. Because here's the other danger, the potential blind spot that you might not see. We start asking questions, but we ask questions with a sort of a hidden agenda in the back of our mind. We're asking a type of question, a leading question is what they call it in the court system, to try to get the person to answer in a certain way. And my challenge to you is to ask more, ask more of those open-ended questions, not binary yes or no questions, but questions that lead to discussion, that lead to conversation, that lead to that deeper thought voyage that I was just talking about. When we seek truth, we're not seeking our truth. We're not seeking the truth as we want it to be, but we're seeking it based on facts. That is one of the biggest things going on in our society right now. People want to be right because they think that their thoughts and their beliefs are them. Your thoughts and beliefs are an extension of who you are. They definitely demonstrate your values. They demonstrate how you think and how you see the world, but they're not you. So if somebody attacks you, if somebody tells you you're wrong or somebody questions you on any capacity, you cannot take that personally. Again, if you do, you're just surrendering your power to them, just like being offended. It's a, it's a sign of weakness. It's definitely a behavior of victimhood. So if that's the path you want to go down, just know that's where you're headed. But I know that's not where you want to be. You want to be the best version of yourself. And that means seeking out the truth. And the truth isn't always what we want to hear. Sometimes the truth sucks. Sometimes the truth hurts. But the truth always instructs. The truth always strengthens if we choose to allow it to. It's a choice. It's a powerful choice, but it's a choice nonetheless. Truth is the consequence of comparing and contrasting different view, different viewpoints, different perspectives, different ideas, different opinions even. It's the consequence of doing that compare and contrast, the ability to literally test things like a scientist would. Seeking out and testing, does this actually make sense? That's what it means to seek out the truth. You see, truth is the consequence of comparing and contrasting differing viewpoints, different perspectives, different experience, different opinions from different people to be able to have a more well-rounded, fuller understanding of the situation. If not, we're just in an echo chamber. We're just being told things by people that already agree with us. And echo chambers are super dangerous. And also, they're pretty stifling, right? I mean, there's no fresh air coming in. All we're doing is listening to each other's own hot air. That's pretty dangerous shit. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on these days. So many people would rather live in an echo chamber because it's safe, because it's comfortable, because it's known. They don't want to hear a differing opinion because what if they're wrong? Oh, my God. That's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. And it doesn't even mean you have to change your belief about the situation. It just means that you might want to have the maturity and the strength and courage to observe that other side so that you don't continue to have that blind spot so you don't potentially go over the cliff of ignorance. That's what critical thinking does. Critical thinking allows us to prevent that fall, to prevent that leap off the, off the cliff into oblivion. 
It gives us the strength and the ability and more importantly, the skill to differentiate between what's bullshit and what's valuable, what is going to help us and what's going to harm us. And sometimes what's going to harm us is the stuff we're holding on to dearly through our certainty. We're thinking this is the way. It's the only way. And we're missing out on it because we're not getting curious. We're not asking those questions. We're not seeking the truth. But once we've done all of this, once we've suspended that whole notion of certainty, once we've opened ourselves up to curiosity, once we started asking those deeper, better, more effective questions, challenging, sometimes painful, sometimes terrifying questions, and start to seek out and receive the truth, we have to do one final step. This fifth step is critical. If you leave this step out, it's going to throw the whole thing off the rails. You have to be able to test and evaluate and then proceed. Test, evaluate, and proceed. What do I mean by that? Is just because you've got new and different information doesn't mean you just take it at face value. You still want to go through this whole process. Coming from a place of certainty is not going to get you there. Just because it's new and different doesn't mean it's the right answer. Be careful. It's okay to be excited about something. It's okay to be going like, whoa, man, this is a whole new way, a paradigm shift, an aha moment, a light bulb moment, where now I see things differently. I think about things differently. My belief system's been challenged. Be careful not to go down the primrose path of a well-formed behavior, i.e. habit, of just accepting things. Go back into the question mode. Stay curious. Get deeper on that. What about this makes sense? What about this do I truly understand? Do I have all the information? Do I have all the facts that I need in order to formulate a brand new way of looking at this, a new opinion or otherwise, a new belief system or otherwise? Continue to test it, evaluate it, but always verify it. Because if you can verify it, what that means is that you've given yourself that full circle, cross the finish line of critical thinking. To test, evaluate, to verify the new and different information, that's how we accomplish the mission. Critical thinking is hard. Critical thinking is difficult. Critical thinking is challenging. Critical thinking can be frustrating. It can be exhausting at times. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's the point. You're not here for easy. As a true driven, you know that it's about embracing the suck. It's about disciplining yourself to do the challenging, hard things. This one critical skill, the idea of becoming stronger and better at asking questions, should in and of itself be enough of a spark. But the skill of critical thinking will make all the difference in your business, your life, your career, your relationships. It'll transform not just how you see the world, but more importantly, and firstly, how you see yourself. Instead of always thinking that you have the answers, instead of thinking that everything you know is the way it is, you'll be able to take that burden off your shoulders. Drop the pack of bullshit and say, you know what? Maybe I don't know. What if there's more to it? And what might I need to do in order to find that new and different information? Thinking critically allows you to look at something that's pissing you off, driving you nuts, making you feel like the world is losing its mind. And instead of getting uh, getting wrapped up and drawn into that emotional tornado, instead of being sucked down and pulled into the depths of despair... You actually have the skills and the muscle 
to avoid the whirlwind in the first place, and more importantly, see it objectively, asking the questions from a place of curiosity and allow everybody else to get wrapped up in their own certainty. Let them have the pain. Let them have the frustration. Let them have the heartache of all of that. You step away from it and stay above it. That's the difference. When I talk about fly high, fly fast, fly far, flying high means flying above all the turbulence mentally. It means making that choice to avoid all of the thunderstorms of bullshit that come up as a leader. That allows you to fly faster and more importantly, fly further because you're not so burnt out. You're not so wiped out. You're not so frustrated or disenfranchised. And more importantly, because you've used the critical thinking skills we've talked about today, you can become more efficient at them, stronger, faster, better, and start to parlay that into not just better performance for yourself, but to translate those skills to other people so that they can do it for themselves as well, making you a stronger leader and your team a more cohesive, stronger, better unit. That's what critical thinking can do for you. It starts with suspending certainty, one of the hardest things you're going to do. Getting curious, which is one of the more fun parts of this, Asking questions, which will be super challenging, but you'll find it to be that discovery path that is exciting. And then, of course, seeking out the truth, not your truth, not somebody else's truth, but the truth that lies within the knowledge of the new information, new and different information and your ability to process and understand it. And then, of course, test, evaluate and verify that brand new information to ensure that what you've got is the answer you're, you're looking for to create the solution that's the best fit for the situation you're in and helps you do better things for yourself, your teams, your families, the people you're here to lead. All right, now it's time to put this into action. Take this critical thinking, put it into play. Show up to your business, your life, your career, your your team that you're leading differently than you have in the past using critical thinking. You will lead the way, you will set the example, you will set the tone. It's exciting stuff. Can't wait to see how you do this. All right. Make sure if you haven't already that you're subscribing to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash JT DeBolt. Hit that subscribe button down in the bottom right-hand corner and make sure that you're sharing this message far and wide with other True Drivens who would benefit from the message as well. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far, stay driven. Stay driven.